and welcome back to Mortgages, Let's Get Real with myself, Kim Nagron, a podcast that combines lifestyle, real life, and mortgages. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm really excited about my guest. Um, I'm going to get right to it because there's a lot we, we're going to cover. I'd like to introduce everyone to Aaron McCormick-Torres. Aaron is the Vice President of Operations at Livian at Keller Williams. Before that, she was the president of Hergen Rother Realty Group. She has 10 years of experience in leading digital marketing teams within the food, health, and education markets. She enjoys setting a strategic vision while also rolling up her sleeves to analyze and optimize systems, tools, and models on a daily basis. She specializes in leadership, coaching, vision execution, business development, real estate marketing, operations, and on and on and on. Erin, welcome and thank you for joining. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, for those who I know you personally, but those who don't, what I just uh, described is the tiniest bit of what you actually do. I <laughs> I always say, and I've said it to you before, that within a 24-hour period, we all have the same 24 hours. However, you seem to do a lot more than most in those 24 hours. Can you just touch a little bit upon, upon how you do everything you do? Because it also includes not what I just mentioned, but things like, I know you're getting to flower arrangements for weddings and such. And you wrote a book and on and on. So yeah, you can help us. Year, I had 12 streams of income. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I made a decision to really focus on my finances and hit my financial goals so that I could kind of have that part of my life taken care of and knowing that I would always be set. So I really dove into finances and I hustled for a period of many years and the cool thing about it is that we all do have, you know, 24 hours in a day. I like to call it kind of a thousand opportunity minutes. So those a thousand opportunity minutes are after you're showering and eating and sleeping and your basic necessities. And we can do a lot if we actually break those a thousand opportunity minutes down into tangible chunks. So for me, I think it's, I just don't waste time. I'm extremely purposeful. I'm extremely efficient. I know what my goals are and I'm really uncompromising on hitting my goals and I also just have this internal drive where I can't sit still. My whole life I've been with like this where I just need to be moving forward. So I think that also contributes to it where I don't have a lot of idle time naturally. It's not my natural behavior to move slowly or or not be doing something really at every waking moment, which is a blessing and a curse, I have to say. It's very hard. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. that yeah, that, that can be a, a good thing or a bad thing. But it's true. I I I... I'm in awe, honestly, with all the things that you do. I, I I touched a little bit on your on your book. Can you explain a little bit about that? Because I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So a few years ago, I was approached by a publisher uh, down in Charleston, actually. And they said, hey, I have a travel blog in Vermont. Um, I actually get a lot of my real estate clients through my travel blog. And I have an Instagram that's tied to it. And they said, we want you to write this book on classic diners of Vermont. And I said, no, I don't know anything about diners. I'm not going to write a book. <laughs> and they said... We really want you to write it. We like your style and everything else. So I said, all right, I'm going to write this book. And it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. I learned a lot in the process, mostly that I cannot edit myself, which is really, really hard. <laughs> process. Um, and I was actually slated to write another book on Vermont creamies and kind of the history of the maple and dairy industries in Vermont. I put that on hold since you don't actually make much income from books, which is very interesting <laughs> if they don't go, you know, viral or whatever. But uh, it was a really right. good experience just for getting to tell people stories and having that experience of actually needing to stay on task and deadline and meet a lot of cool people along the way. Yeah, it sounds it. I mean, you must have gone all over the place for that. 
Sure did. I think I went to like 12 diners in one day and ate like six breakfasts. <laughs> oh my God. Like experiences. It's so fun. So <laughs> what a cool, cool thing though. Very cool experience. I'm sure. I love that. I love that. Well, let's get back to the business side. Can you explain your journey from yes. when the marketing to your business operations to what you do now? Yeah, of course. So I was working in marketing and lead generation and I was working for a lot of startups and entrepreneurial type companies here in Vermont. I went through a few corporate acquisitions and I felt like it would be three, three and a half years with a company and I would be stagnant. I would be mediocre. Yeah. I was yeah. bored, quite frankly. That's why I started doing side hustles and freelance work is because no job that I ever had really kept my focus and my energy. So I was doing some freelance work for someone who owns a large company, uh, a fence company here in Vermont. And I was having lunch with him one day and he said, you have to meet my new coach at some point, Adam Herder-Rother. He's like the number one real estate agent in, in the state. And this was probably six years ago now. And I kind of dismissed it at the time. But the very next day, I saw it listed on Craigslist. Again, this is kind of dating this, but that Adam Herder-Rother was hiring for a director yeah. of the lead generation, which was my exact title. So... I applied, we courted for four or so months and I came on board and I started running the marketing lead generation sides of our business. And the business was a real estate expansion team. So essentially what that means is one core hub or infrastructure that teams across the country run off of. So at that point I came on board and I was running marketing and lead gen for, I think we had like seven or eight teams at that point. Um, and then I, in about a year and a half later, became the chief operating officer for the company and then president in about a year and a half after that. But essentially, I took everything that I learned in marketing and lead gen, working with sales teams. And the cool thing about once you understand people and the psychology of marketing, it translates to any industry. And as we know, mortgages, real estate, it's just a people business. So for me, it was really understanding how to talk to people, how to communicate with people, um, how to actually position our offerings in a way that people want to work with us and then translating that to the real estate space. Right, right. No, I totally can understand how um, that would kind of come full force with you because of where you came from and how, I mean, I know Adam as well. So, and I remember when you joined, I thought it was really cool. And you just went from there up and up and up and, yeah. and you just have the energy that I can't, I would love to capture. <laughs> yeah, it had promised me at that point in, in uh, my life that I would always have somewhere to grow within his organization. And it's really cool because I get to kind of carry that forward now with my teams and the people we're bringing on and that we never have to lose anyone because they want to go take an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, so true. It seems like you're able to keep the people you have and maybe even put them in other positions that might fulfill what they makes them tick versus 100 right it's it, yeah. i mean i think that's all about business in general leadership is how do i keep the people who are most important around me and how do i keep them growing so that they never have a reason to leave i love that love that sounds so cool uh okay another quick question i have for you i'm going to transition a little bit to mortgages so i know you've been through the mortgage process before and full disclosure i've helped you with your mortgage yes. i just want to get your thoughts and again this is you know get real we can we can say the good the bad the ugly hopefully yeah. a lot of good but um, what have your experiences been like with the mortgage process and how has it changed over yeah. the, the years since you've started so I've been licensed now for about five years. I really sold the bulk of real estate in 2021 and 2020 were really the, the years where I really dove in and sold quite a bit on the buy side. 
Um, what's changed is the pace where we all know there's just so much demand right now, so little inventory that I think it's important to have that relationship with a lender because you have to move extremely, extremely quickly and you need to be able to educate your clients on this is, you know, there are here are three great options. This is why you might want to work with this person or this person or this, this person. But that's the biggest change that I've seen is just everything is so much faster. So it's really important to have that partner who you can trust, who you know is going to communicate well with you and not get lost in the shuffle. That's one of the biggest things is when we all are doing a lot more in terms of transactions and, and units or whatever else, a lot can get lost in the shuffle. But for our clients, this is one of the top three most transformational experiences of their lives. And they don't need to know that we have, you know, 15 other files that we're working on. We need to make right. it extremely purposeful and, and, and tied to them and that we want to, you know, do everything that we can to make it the best experience for them. And that's why I think that partnership is so key just so that it is a smooth process, knowing that inevitably there's always going to be a hiccup. There's always going to be something that happens in the transaction. And if we can actually communicate and respond quickly to one another and come together and collaborate on ways to solve problems, we're going to get them to the closing table in a much more efficient way. And everyone is going to have a better outcome from that. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's funny, the last guest I had said the same thing. It's really kind of about creating that team of people that are working with you to get you to that finish line because there are inevitably things that pop up and not necessarily, you know, negative things. Sometimes they're good things, but they do have to be addressed and you have to communicate and be able to, you know, like you said, be at the ready because, wow, this, you know, let's talk about a little bit about the market right now, right? There's oh, wild <laughs> so little inventory out there at the moment and so many people looking. How is that difficult for you with your clients? Like what do you what do you do with them to get them ready for that? Yeah, the biggest thing is setting expectations, which is a good lesson for anyone in any industry, I think, is setting expectations on what to expect how to create a really strong offer. It might not be what someone wants to hear. And sometimes kind of helping them realize that now might not be the right time. If someone's unwilling to pay more than a home might be potentially worth, you know, value is always derived by someone's motivation and need to actually get in that property. So it's hard to say if you want a good deal, we have been saying, you know, the only good deal right now is interest rates. You are going to pay more, <laughs> but it does give you more buying power, right? And everybody you know, there is a benefit also of getting into a home and having equity and, you know, instead of just throwing money away with rent. So every situation is different, but I've spent a lot of time educating, I think, people on things like escalation clauses and appraisal bridges and strategies that can really help us be more competitive. But quite frankly, I mean, we're still losing out to a lot of people who just have cash, right? I mean, I never thought that yeah, there is there's a lot of that going knew? around and at that point, there's not a lot you can do to compete, but I found that by being really direct and honest with people too, saying, you know, it might not be your forever home that you're looking for. It might be your forever now home, knowing that chances are your, your needs might change in five to seven years and you might need to pivot. And the cool thing about the real estate industry is it is cyclical. So if you buy in a high market like now, you have to sell in a high market like now, unless you anticipate that, hey, I might lose a little bit of money on this, but you know, the benefit is that I'm in my own space. I have a home that I need right now, either, you know, for people who are relocating here or people who are moving to Vermont for quality of life. But yeah, education is, I think, and very open and honest communication. I always like to use a lot of anecdotes, you know, things that I've gone through myself with home sales and purchases or, you know, kind of anecdotes from other people who I'm working with. So it's more showing rather than yeah. telling. 
that, you know, this is what we need to do in order to be competitive and get you into a home. And there's a lot of conversations too about around being patient. One of our team members just wrote nine offers and finally got in her home. And it was the best one that she put an offer in on, right? And yeah. the best fit for her. So yeah. sometimes it's just waiting for the, the right house to come along and the right situation to present itself. Yeah, no, it's true. That that is a perfect example of what you just said for the audience that is listening that, you know, nine offers, right? To me, I always feel bad for people in that experience, like you said, because typically when you're looking at houses, you fall in love with one and you have some time, right? You you look at a house, you have over two, you think about it, you fall in love and you're gonna you have like minutes to make a decision and to try to fall in love and make an offer on nine properties to me that seems really difficult um yeah. and so i empathize a lot with my clients when that happens yeah for and sure. it, is, um, it is funny with the 15 minutes you know most often people have about 15 minutes for a showing and and i'm taking a listing that i was working on and they found somebody like a friend of a friend who was interested in buying it and they were hemming and hawing for three days. And I said to them, listen, in this market, if they're a serious buyer, they can make a choice in 15 minutes because they know that they have to. So this person probably isn't a serious buyer and sure enough, they weren't, but yeah, you have to, I always tell my people when they're in homes, how does the house feel? If it feels like it could be right, then it could be right for right now. And also really focusing on the things that you can't change about a property, the location, you know, the yard, the property, you're sure you can make updates or whatever else, but you can, you know, it's funny. I have some people say, I need a house with hardwood floors. And I said, okay, well, if we found the perfect house that didn't have hardwood floors, would you be willing to do that work? Right? Like that can't be negotiable for you in this market because it's just never going to come to fruition otherwise. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, honestly, I have to say one of the things as well, speaking to what you just said about it may not be perfect, but you can make it what you want it once you buy it. That happens a lot with us because we do renovation loans. So renovation loans are great right now for those folks who, like you just said, it's kind of the perfect house, but it might need new floors and it might need, you know, I don't know, a new kitchen or something. And you can always wrap that in, you know, so it's, it's kind of nice that there are those options for people out there as well. Um, it's so true. And and the pivoting thing you mentioned is so true. I do think maybe speak to this a little for me. Um, you know, I, I've been telling people who are like, wow, the houses, housing prices are just way too high. And I've been saying, yeah, I get it. But if you wait till next year, they're going to be even higher and interest rates are going to be higher. So you're really going to kind of be sad yeah. you didn't do it. I, people are going to lose out because they're losing buying power. They're actually going to pay more. You know, I often talk to people about, okay, when I bought my first house, it was like a 4.95 loan. Then my next house was a 3.75. And then I refinanced and it was a 3.25. And now I'm at a 2.7. And the the thing about rates is it does allow you, of course, more buying power. But Mm -hmm. I don't foresee, just given the state of the world, people wanting to come and live in a place like Vermont, that home prices are going to dip. You know, people are always kind of waiting for the what if. The best deal. Yeah. yeah, the grass could be greener on the other side of the fence. And yeah, you know, it's hard to live your life in that way where it's always like, well, what if? What if I can yeah. get a better deal? And I think sometimes it's, it's again, the education component to root people in their motivation of why it's actually important to get in a house right now rather than wait. But again, for some people, it's not the right time. If they are looking for getting a really great deal on a second property, for instance, one or an investment property, now might yeah. not be the best time for that since you are you know, competing against a lot of people who are looking for their primary residence and yes. have a, a true, true need to move at the moment. Yeah, no, I totally, I agree with that. Getting back to you, what you do for a little bit here, uh, 
what is your favorite part of what you do? Like you have, you do marketing, you do coaching, you do all of the above. What is, what's your, what's your sweet spot? Like I, this is what I love to do. I know you love to do all of it, but. It's funny, I was actually having this conversation this morning with someone who I was coaching within our team and, you know, I run a, a large scale operation where we're largely in a logistics company now where everything from marketing, lead generation, finance, listing management, transaction coordination, client care, uh, human resources, even recruiting and growth, a lot of that's under my umbrella. And exhausting listening to it. <laughs> it's a little exhausting sometimes. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is where I actually exceed right now, I think, and I was having a, this conversation with a coaching client in that if I ever had to leave the real estate industry or kind of go down another route, and I was in an interview with someone and they were asking me, what do you do really well? I would say it's understanding people and how to interact with people. Because at some point, there are better people to me now that are better people than me to run social media ads and, you know, investigate real estate CRMs. That's not the best use of my talents anymore. The best use of my talents is largely in creating opportunities for people, seeing where we can shift people in better roles for themselves. You know, we always say that people are our best investment, but they're also kind of the hardest work that we ever have to do because we have to relinquish control and, allow someone to be responsible and autonomous in their own division and over their own role in order to have massive success. So I spend a lot of my time thinking about how can I help people get to that next growth level and how, how do they also through their role impact the most amount of people. So my favorite thing I would say is the, is the people. And quite honestly, it's every day there are new challenges, there are fires we're putting out, there are I mean, that's pretty much what I do is I walk around with a fire hose and put out problems. (laughs) It's fun because every day is different and it's a lot of problem solving, but a lot of that also enables me to grow and enables the people around me to grow too. That's great. I would have to agree that the people part is one of your best things. I love, you're always such a joy. I have to say that you really are such a nice, you're just a good, you have, you have a good energy about you. It's funny though, because like if you look at the assessments and everything else, I'm a very, very low uh, I, which is for influence and like being around people and such, like I do very well on my own, but I realize, especially in business, you need to be around the right people. Cause we always say that together we achieve more and you can't do very much alone when it comes to business building. So you're only one no, person. You can't, and you're right. You need to have a good team. Around. Being around the right people is for sure. I would hundred percent agree with that completely. Speaking of, can you explain or tell everyone what Livian is? It's a newish. Yeah. So Livian is a partnership with Keller Williams, and we essentially are a platform for real estate team and agent acceleration. So what I mean by that is we will partner with, let's say, a $30 million real estate team, and we provide the backend infrastructure. So all the systems, the tools, the models, everything that really bogs real estate teams down, really, and that I have no doubt that a team could grow from 30 million to 100 100 million dollars in volume in a couple of years, but they're going to have a lot of pain along the way. And our platform comes in, and that we've been building this now for 12 years, and we have a lot of the answers. We've solved a lot of the problems, so it truly allows us to accelerate their growth when they don't have to focus on the minutia of those yeah. systems, the models, and the platform. And we're essentially saying, plug in here into this platform, and it's a very predictable. Like- out- plug and play. <laughs> exactly. It's it's largely pressing that easy button. And yeah. a lot of people in real estate have some ego attached to, I want to do it by myself. No. <laughs> I, bit, right? I want to do it by myself. 
But the cool thing is, it's not like, you know, by, by joining a platform like ours, it's not like you're not doing it on your own, that you're not a business leader. It's no, now that you have a really great partner. Yeah. I mean, that's who's great along the way. So yeah. we're just in the business of really accelerating again, real estate agents, real estate teams to be some of the best in the industry. That's the goal. Wow. That's exciting. And I know it's newish. So congrats. It's Thank you. exciting and, and a big deal. So congratulations on that. That is so great. Erin, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, if folks want to reach out or get in touch with you, do you want to say anything? Give yourself a little. Yeah, of course. You can follow, find me at Erin uh, at If you want to email me, travel like a local VT on Instagram. Um, always feel free to reach out and pick my brain or anything on leadership, anything on real estate operations, anything you need. That's great. I really appreciate your time, Erin. As usual, a pleasure. Enjoy the snowstorm. It's coming our way. Yes, I'm excited. It looks like I know, I'm it's excited rainy out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you all who are listening. This has been Kim Natgron, and I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you later.